What's one of the most important rules in a horror movie? Never split up. Though that would make us horrible in a horror movie because we always split up in Betrayal at House on the Hill by Avalon Hill Games. Welcome to the season finale of Board with Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. And we come to you every few weeks to talk about a game that we love to play as a family so that you can play it with your friends and family. You can learn more about our podcast and the games we love to play at our website. BoardWithFamilyGames.com That's B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com Oscar, it's... It's October, and we've been playing a lot of horror-based games, and that's what we've been, you know, we highlighted a horror game last week. We're going to highlight another one. So what have we been playing the last couple weeks? Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yep, and this is a game. How long have we had this? Years. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. We've been playing this for a long time. Um, it's something that we pull out every once in a while. It's a little bit of a shorter game. It's a lot of fun. So what exactly is this game? What is it like? Give, a, give us a sense. So you're these explorers exploring a haunted house. All right. Yeah, that's that's a, um, pretty much the setup. Is it a competitive game? Um, semi-cooperative. So someone will win, someone will lose. But... It is cooperative in a sense. Yeah, so we'll, we'll hit we'll um, hit on that again in a little bit. It is a horror game. It's um, for ages twelve and up. As we said, Oscar's been playing this for a long time. There are some adult themes in it, but nothing um, too gruesome, nothing overtly sexual. Um, so we have been comfortable playing it with our family. And it's for three to six players, though. As we always say, we play it with three. So. Um, Sit back, listen to a word from our sponsor, and we'll talk a little bit more about this game. Back Cycles by Cat Lily Games, available now on Kickstarter. Cycles is a fast-paced strategy card game for ages 8 and up, based on the circle of life. To win, players must collect three complete hand-painted life cycles. Along the way, you can steal cycles and use special powers associated with each organism, the game comes with 52 cards, two token cards, and of course, a rules booklet. Visit www.catlily.com, that's C-A-T-L-I-L-L-I.com, for more information and a link to a playable version on Steam. As you said, Oscar, this is a game about exploring a haunted house, but can you talk through a little bit more about what the purpose and goal of the game is? Um, so before... For the haunt begins. So wait, so what? What do you mean haunt? Explain this to me. Um, the haunt is basically where one person turns against the rest of the group. Okay, so this is called betrayal, right? Yeah. So it's kind of divided into two parts: before this haunt that we'll talk about, how that happens in a little bit, and after the haunt. So talk about it before the haunt happens. So before the haunt, you're just kind of exploring the house. And you're just trying to get as strong as you can in preparation for the haunt. Okay, so um, you're getting, you're gathering items. You might be getting stronger. You can get weaker too, right? Yeah. And so different things happen um, as you're exploring the house. 
So then the haunt occurs, and what happens then? During the haunt, what you're do, one person turns against it, and you're working towards a set goal, where either you're trying to stop the traitor or you're trying to stop the heroes. Okay, so suddenly mid game, you decide that you're evil, huh? Yeah. Okay, now do you decide when you want to do that? Um, no. It's pretty random. Okay, so as we said, this is semi-cooperative. For the first part of the game, you're everybody's rooting for each other. You're all working together, and then suddenly... It just kind of goes downhill. Yeah, some, something happens, and all of a sudden, somebody's betrayed the group, and you are working through. So as Oscar said, there's a little booklet you get um, and you can find out what your goal is. So we can't really say what the goal is because each game is going to be a little bit different. So describe what this game looks like. So the board is, you start with two one tile things representing the upper floor and the basement and you have a three tile thing that's the ground floor. Okay, so these tiles are little squares, right? That each yeah. represents a room. And what you do is you go you go and you explore and each time you explore you flip another tile extending the house. Okay, so at first there's no real board to speak of, right? You're building the board as you play. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what what's the artwork like? Um it seems kind of painted. Yeah, and is it um, light and happy? Um, no. <laughs> like, I mean, this is a game about betrayal. It's creepy. Okay, so everything looks a little creepy. It's a decrepit old house that you're going through, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think the dice are interesting. Explain those to us. Um, each dice, die has six sides, and some of them are blank, and that's a zero. Some of them have, the one, have one dot. That's one, and some of them have two dots, and that's two. You can't go above two. Okay, so there's um, equal number of each on the side, so you're rolling zero to two on each dice, which is kind of a neat um, neat thing. And we'll talk a little bit more about how those come into play. And what about the characters? So you have two pieces that make up your character. A, a little pawn that is a statue of your character, which you move around, and that's where your character is, a tile that has five sides. It also has a picture in the middle that shows your character, but it doesn't quite look like your character's same. Getting you into the feel of the game, huh? Everything's a little wonky. Yeah. It also has your age, height, weight, hobbies, and birthday. Okay, so tell me about who you have in front of us. I have Oxfells in front of me. Which is the character I love to play in this game. He's a brute. I don't normally play brutes, so. Okay, so um, he, he looks like a football player. I think that is one of his um Yeah, hobbies, hobbies football, shiny objects. Okay, so shiny objects because maybe he's not too bright, huh? Yeah, he has a knowledge of three. Okay, so speaking of knowledge, they have four traits. It's this five-sided tile. One has the name. The other four have the four traits in the game. Knowledge, sanity, might, and speed, right? Yeah. So... Tell us about how those traits work on the character board. So it's a line of numbers that aren't always like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. It, it can go up to 8 at most, 
and six at the at least. And the lowest you could possibly get on a trade is two. Okay, so if I'm looking at Ox, his highest knowledge is six because he's not that bright, but his highest might is eight because he's very strong, huh? Yeah. And so there's a little green number. What does that signify? Um, that's what that's where your trade starts at the beginning of your game. Okay, so, so everybody starts at this um, trait idea, and then um, as the game goes on, they can go up or down from that number. What happens if you flip over the board? Um, you get an entirely different person. Um, on the opposite side of Ox Bellows is Darren Flash and apostrophes Williams. Okay, so you get... Um, you know, there's a total of six character boards, meaning that there's a total of 12 characters you could possibly be playing. All right, and then there's a bunch of cards. What are these? Um, there's the room tiles, which are kind of, which is a deck. They're not, they're not really cards. There's the event deck, the items deck, and the omens deck. Okay, so those three decks of cards are... Basic cards, as Oscar said, the tiles, they're thicker cardboard um, tiles for the game. and you, But you do end up shuffling them up just like you would for the um, deck of cards. Yeah. All right. So um, what happens on those cards? What's on them? Um, so a room card has a picture, the name of the room, a picture of the room, some doors on the walls, which are... The entrances and exits of the room. And help you figure out how you're going to put that board together as you're going, right? Yeah. And maybe a little symbol that says whether it's an event, a, an omen, or an item. All right. So um, I have an event in front of me. One of the things that's fun is there's a lot of flavor text in this to kind of get you in the mood. So I have, um, oddly, a happy one in front of me, a moment of hope. Says something feels strangely right about this room. Something is resisting the evil of the house, and that tells you that you're gonna put a blessing token. There's all these little tokens that come in the game, and one says blessing. You stick that on the room, and then if you, a hero rolls an additional die while in that room for a trait roll, and we'll talk through trait rolls in a second. So what are the, what are the items and omens basically? Um, they're things that you use to help you through the game, except for one omen. That's just a problem. Okay. The bite omen. Yeah. So you've got some different omens um, that are, we're going to hit those a little bit more in a minute, but most of them are items and benefit you, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have items that do specific things. And so in this um, early part of the game, you're exploring and trying to get some of this stuff, right? So that you'll be able to handle whatever comes your way after the haunt begins. Yeah. You, you didn't think that was funny. I was trying to be scary. <laughs> anyway, we um, one of the things that's fun and one of the things we always like with Oscar is it's practiced for you to read because you get these things out, you're reading them out loud. It you know helps your oration skills. For representation, um, you know we've got these six characters. There's a good male female um, diversity. There is um, some racial diversity. There's not a lot of characters, so there's not a ton of racial diversity. It does lean a little white, but um, they did try to get some of that in here. Visit B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com for more information on this and other games. How long does it take to set up Betrayal of House on the Hill? Um, not very long. All you have to do is shuffle the decks and a range of 
couple tiles, choose your person. Yeah, so real quick, you're up and running. So let's talk through these turns. We've talked about a lot of the different things. Talk through a basic turn with me. Before the haunt, you're mainly focused on exploring, and you just pick up your sandy, go to the room you want to go to, and you just figure out what that room is. Okay, so you've got a speed, so you can move a certain number of rooms, so Ox can move four at the, or what is it, four at the beginning? Yeah. So what we'll usually do is just, you know, you start, everybody starts in the entrance hall, there's two doors off it, you go out one of the doors, right? Yeah. Okay, so you go out. You've got your pile of deck cards, and what's on the back of every, or sorry, um, room cards? What's on the back of every room tile? Um, a house with three lines of windows, and at least one will be lit, and it'll say basement, ground, upper. Okay, so there's three floors to the house. And so if you are in the entrance hall, you head off the entrance room, you find a ground floor. I'll do that real quick here. Grab some cards. If I find a ground floor, I flip it over, and I find out, that's a funny one, it's the coal chute. Um, and so there's some instructions on that. And this says, can you read it for me? One-way slide to basement landing. All right, and so that's why I'm laughing at that is because you can't originally get to the basement. So I just found accidentally the basement or the path to the basement. So there's a basement landing um, tile that's out there that signifies the start of the basement. And so now Ox Bellows is exploring the basement and has to find a way back up. So what did we say was the um, first rule in um, horror movies? Don't split up. Yep, so Ox Bellows just split up. But that's typically what happens, right? Because you're in the process of exploring all these different rooms. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so if it had been an event, Oscar would have read the event. If it was an omen, Oscar would have... Um, collected the omen. If it was an item, then he would have collected that or an item card randomly off the decks, right? Yeah. All right. Talk through what happens after you've read off what your omen card is if you happen to get an omen. Um, so you get you get the omen, which is normally a helpful item, and then it says make a haunt roll now. So that means you roll six dice, and you have to get the n number of dots equal to or greater than the number of omens in play. So the more omens you find, the more likely it is that you are going to start the haunt. Okay, so, you know, as you start playing it, you might get five omens out before somebody fails the haunt roll, meaning that the haunt has begun, right? Yeah, or you could get two out and just get unlucky in. Start the haunt right away. That's what happened to us yesterday. Yeah. Um, so looking at that, before we go to post-haunt, I just realized we forgot to talk about trait rolls. Yeah. So um, what's a trait roll? So you roll the number of dice equal to the number you have. So if I were doing a might trait roll, I would roll five dice because I'm Ox Bells and I have a strength of five. Okay, so I'm looking at another um, event here, the locked safe, and you do a knowledge roll to try to open the safe. If you get five plus, you draw two item cards. If you get two to four, um, safe won't open and you take some damage. Zero to one, um, you, you, take take, more damage. you take more damage and then the safe still doesn't open. So you've got, these are going to come up regularly throughout 
your game um, as you're exploring your game, get these different trait rolls. There's almost always a trait roll associated with an event card, but not always. Yeah. And most of the time, if you if you make a certain amount, you get something good. But if you get below that, nothing happens or you lose stuff in your traits. Yeah. And so, you know, we were, I made the mention that we had a heart roll of after two omens yesterday. I was playing terribly. I had bad luck and I was, I had gotten weakened. Every room I went into had an event and I kept failing my trait rolls and I kept taking damage and it was ugly when the um, haunt actually began. Yeah, and then you died the next turn from room causes. Yeah, I went into a room and it killed me. It was um, it was real ugly. So that that does dis- are, you know brings up the fact that haunts really can happen at any point in the game. You know, you could get one omen out. You could have only a couple rooms in the house and have the haunt happen, right? Yeah, or you could have like a or it could be like your thirteenth omen. And you would physically have to start the haunt. Yeah, because you just, you must. So at some point you will begin the haunt. Um, It's interesting because you can have these games play out in wildly different ways because sometimes you have the um, mansion really well fleshed out. You have a lot of rooms put into it. Other times you're nowhere when the haunt begins. All right, so... What happens when that haunt begins? Because this is when the game really gets exciting, right? Yeah. So when the haunt begins, someone's a traitor, and I don't know why, but it's always me. True. I don't know why, but it just is. And basically, one person reads the traitor's toe, which basically says what you what you think that the heroes how how the heroes you think are going to be able to win and how you're it's going to say exactly how you're going to win and it's going to have little bits of it that are specific to the haunt so for some haunts it's just kill the heroes other times it's like it's do it's like Start a wedding or something. Yeah, so I can I can think of somewhere you know you have to go find items in certain rooms, and that means that if you have a lot of rooms, you might have that room already. So you say you need to find the dining room. You're like, oh, there's a dining room. I can run to the dining room. But if like you have one room out and it's a haunt, it could say like go to the, find the research laboratory, and you're like, which floor is the, on the which floor? Is the research laboratory on again? And then just like try to flesh out that floor to find it. Yep. So you might have to do some more exploration because you just can't find the things that you need. Um, so how does the, the turns all, it all differs a little bit after the haunt, but it's still the same kind of idea of movements. Um, there might be enemies in addition to um, the trader in the house. And then, of course, this is going to bring up the idea that at some point, maybe you're attacking something. So how's an attack work? Um, unless an item or omen or something says otherwise, you're using might. And basically, you, the attacker rolls their might and the defender rolls their might. And if one person has more might, they deal that much damage to the other person. Okay. And so what does damage mean? Um, you go down, for each damage you take, you go down one point in either might or speed. 
or sanity or knowledge if you're attacking with something like sanity or knowledge. Okay, so these can all these things can be used for attack depending on what you're using. For instance, if you get the revolver, you can use a speed for your attack. Yeah, if you get the ring, you can use sanity. So different things will change that. And there's not a lot of room. You, you tend to get to death pretty quickly, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, Oxbellows fights me. If um if I take three damage, I'm bringing everything down a little bit, and that that means that the next turn my might's lower or my speed's lower. Everything's lower, and it makes it harder. Yeah. So, and then you might it might be you need to kill me, so then you attack me. Yeah. But you're weaker than I am, so then I probably win again. Yeah. So it it really there is a speed aspect, a, a sense of needing to finish the game. Once the haunt goes, because you're going to get weaker and you need to get get your tasks done quickly. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, complexity wise, I'd say this game is fairly complex, but you can learn it pretty quickly. Yeah. So, you know, we've been playing it for a while. You you end up with something different every time when you're playing those haunts. You don't quite know what you're going to have to try to do. I will say we keep our phone nearby so that we can ref- or do some reference checking on um, what questions we have to make sure that we are getting everything right yeah and if you ever have a question about something you normally just want to go and read the text again and if uh, unless the text is still unclear you just kind of follow it to the letter yeah exactly so what about frustration how have you felt frustration on this game um you can get frustrated if you lose like horribly or or something like that happens. But normally for us, it's kind of a you did well. Yeah. So it's it's I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we don't where we can get some frustration. You know, as I said yesterday, I just had a bad game and I was out of the game pretty early. And Oscar and his mom kept playing, and I kept rooting for his mom because you know Oscar was the traitor that time. Yeah, as I always say. <laughs> so um, what about number of players? How what do you think the best number of players? Um, honestly, I think that three or four is the best because some will help if for some scenarios, it will help. It could help the trader if you have more, if there's more heroes, but normally the more heroes there are, the greater disadvantage for the trader. Yeah, it's it's one of these interesting things where you never quite know what you're going to get in this game, and so some haunts are going to be better for more people, and some are going to be better for fewer people, and you don't know what or for, for one of the sides, and you don't know which one's going to be. Yeah, because I remember werewolves, and like you could become a werewolf. All right, no spoilers here. Let's not go too far. <laughs> um, so how are with that, um, how, are there a total of 50 haunts? So you're not going to see the same thing that often, right? Yeah, I mean, once you hit a certain point, you're going to see scenarios that you've played before. But for now, that hasn't happened to us. Yeah, or if it does happen, we're like, I don't quite remember what what the trader had to do. I don't remember what his goal is. And so, um, you know, you, you're still kind of going at it with that. Um, lack of information that is the key because it's so cool that you can not know 
what the other player is trying to do. You can make guesses, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point you will finish or you will get to the point where you know all the haunts. And at that point, it's going to be a little um, hard to keep playing. There are expansions available. We have not purchased any of them yet, but at some point we'll do that. But we've, as I said, we've been playing this game. It comes out pretty regularly and we don't feel the need to expand it at this point. Um, personally, I think I might remember one of the name of one of the expansions. This is mostly just time at board game shops. Yeah. Well, um, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. I think that was actually a different game. Really? Yeah. Oh. All right. So, um, but I think it goes with the same idea as this. Maybe we'll check it out next. Yeah. So. For storage and protection, we actually haven't sleeved these cards because um, you're not handling them that much, just kind of flipping them over. Um, but there are tons of little tokens in the game that get all jumbled up. And um, But this box does a decent job of storing it for you. Mm-hmm. All right, Oscar. With everything, what do you think? Should people play this game? Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We keep we keep um, bringing, them out, or bringing it out. And especially in October, it's a real fun game to play. Thank you so much for listening to our review of Betrayal at House on the Hill by Avalon Hill Games. You can find out more about our podcast and other games we love to play at our website. BoardWithFamilyGames.com That's B-O-A-R-D with FamilyGames.com We'd love for you to review us, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Please just make sure you're subscribing to our podcast so that you can get all of our great episodes as they come out. We will say you know, at the beginning, I mentioned that this is our season finale. Um, we've hit 12 episodes, which is kind of was our goal for the year. Right, Oscar? Yeah. So it's um, we are going to take a couple months off so that we can play some more games, get ready again so that we can um, do it. We're really excited for next season because we've got all sorts of games and Kickstarter that will be coming back to us. So we've got some, well, some really fun new games to play, right? Yeah. I think I have one that I kickstarted that's going to be coming in this spring. Yeah, so we're really excited about all those games, and you'll hear more about them as they come out um, and we get our hands on them. So we're going to be back in January. Until then, please keep um, checking us out. We'll um, be posting some things online, and we're also going to try to use some of this time to hit and um, do some short episodes about our about expansions, but those are not going to be full episodes are on the same regular basis that we've been putting out our current podcast. So please come back and join us again in January. Mm-hmm. Well, Oscar, I think we should go play a game. We're playing Betrayal at House on the Hill again, right? I think so. Um, so I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Bye. Bye.